Welcome back to Come Follow Me with Fair, Faithful Answers to New Testament Questions. My name is Jennifer Roach. I am so glad you're here. Today we're going to talk about truth and how you learn it. <laughs> As you know, we are going through the Come Follow Me readings and addressing common questions that evangelicals ask about our faith. None of us, we hit them as we go along. Our purpose here is not to teach you how to fight with evangelicals. <laughs> Our purpose is to help you understand them a little bit better, hear where they're coming from, so that you might be able to know a little bit better what to say to them about our faith in a way they can understand. So our scripture this week comes from John chapter 7. Um, Jesus has gone up to the temple to teach, and we get this. Um, this is the NIV. The Jews were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having been taught? Jesus answered, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Really, really interesting verse from Jesus. Basically, he's saying, I'm not making this stuff up. This comes from God. Why don't you try to live it out and see if it's true, right? Is the proof in the pudding, essentially. So the question here becomes, how do evangelicals and Latter-day Saints approach learning truth, learning about the gospel in different ways? Both groups are highly interested in it. Gospel learning is absolutely a priority for both, and yet we go about it in two really, really different ways most of the time. So we're going to start with this question on a pretty practical level. What do the two groups do? What are their actions or behaviors when they're trying to engage in gospel learning? And then we're going to look at more the like experiential level, the living it out in something in your actions or in your body or in your life kind of level. And we'll see some differences there as well. So the first way to think through this question, and, and maybe honestly the most obvious way that we're asking, how do we learn about gospel truth is through scripture reading. Let me make an outsider's observation about Latter-day Saints. I have only been in this church for less than five years still, so I still get to claim a tiny bit of my outsider status. Um, here, here's what I have seen. You, you tell me in the comments if you see this too. Both groups, evangelicals and Latter-day Saints, fret and wring their hands and worry a lot about this topic. Um, we worry that the people sitting in the pews don't know their scriptures well enough. We worry that people aren't reading scriptures enough. We worry that the youth are uninterested in gospel learning through the scriptures. We worry about the children. Are they actually getting the messages what they should be hearing in primary? We worry that things were better in a different generation, that they were more inclined to study and to know things. Okay, a lot of hand-wringing for Latter-day Saints around this. You, you will probably find this interesting. Lifeway Research, I, I quote them a lot. You've heard me quote them in other videos. They're the research arm of the Southern Baptist Church. They love this question too. Um, how are people engaging in gospel learning? They're, they're kind of obsessed about this question just like we are. 
And they frequently do a study basically saying, what's the state of how our people are engaging with scripture? They do their own version of hand-wringing over this as well. Um, another group is Pew Research. They're not denominationally based. They're, they look at churches in America broadly, evangelicals and others. And they also regularly put out studies on this. It is a question that weighs heavy. So th that's the research I'm going to draw on in answering this question. My observation is that people in both groups, evangelicals and Latter-day Saints, both fear that their people are not doing as well as the ones in the other group are doing. I've had many Latter-day Saints say to me, well, you know, evangelicals really know their scriptures. Evangelicals don't always say that about themselves. I don't, I don't necessarily have a study to cite on this point, but my sense is that many comments get made by Latter-day Saints, maybe in Sunday school or someone else, about how we could be doing better studying scripture. There might even be a tiny worry in there that we're not keeping up, that other churches are doing better, they're teaching their youth better. Um, this sort of this general anxiety. So it might surprise you to learn um, that evangelicals look at Latter-day Saints and often think that we're doing better. So what does the research actually say? 2017 Lifeway Research notes that 49% of evangelicals read a little bit of scripture every day. That's extraordinary compared to many, many churches, non-evangelical Christian churches. That is a huge number, 49%, essentially half. Um, it shows they are clearly interested in gospel learning. The same study done in 2017, so prior to the introduction of Come Follow Me, says that 77% of Latter-day Saints read a little bit of scripture every day. Now, this is survey research, right? So we're taking people's word for it, that they're actually doing what they say they're doing. And it's true that there could be some inflation on the numbers here, right? Are 49% of evangelicals really reading their scriptures every day? Are 77% of Latter-day Saints really doing that? But it's probably safe to assume that the inflation is happening for both groups. Why would someone give an inflated number here? Maybe they want to look good. Maybe they're being aspirational. This is the standard they want to live up to. There's no reason to see that evangelicals would inflate more than Latter-day Saints or Latter-day Saints would inflate more than evangelicals. That, that same factor is probably going on a little bit in both groups. It's interesting, right? Like a lot of Latter-day Saints sort of wring their hands and worry, oh, are we doing enough? And at least in this survey research, 50% more than what evangelicals are doing. This is not a, hey, look, we win conversation. It, like, in other words, you don't get to use this information to be a jerk and like lord it over your evangelical friends. I only tell you this to say it does show one way in which we approach gospel learning slightly differently. Um, but there are other ways to approach this question. Um, and one of the ways to approach this question is to say, what kind of information outside of scripture is being taken in and used for gospel study? 
So if you're a Latter-day Saint, you're super, super familiar with these. I'm not going to spend any time on them. We get that in talks and sacrament meeting, lessons in Sunday school or eldest quorum or Relief Society or, or the youth classes or the primary classes. Um, many people get this in seminary and institute classes. We get general conference talks, family conversations, private scripture reading, come follow me readings, all the various supplemental podcasts that go along with Come Follow Me, resources like FAIR, um, books on gospel topics. There's probably a few other things, right? That, that's sort of the, the bulk of what's on the menu for us if we want to do gospel learning. Evangelicals have a, a, a pretty similar list. They listen to sermons in church. They have Sunday school classes for adults and for youth and for children. They don't really have an equivalent to what we're doing in seminary and institute. What they call seminary is an academic graduate school program that most, you know, most normal people are never going to be interested in attending, never will attend. It's, um, it's grad school. It, there's tuition. You have to have you have to meet certain requirements to be in there. It's not something most people are going to do. I was a weirdo. I went to an evangelical seminary. I have a master's in divinity. Um, that's not really what's happening. We, we, we Evangelicals call that seminary, but that's not really what's happening in, in Latter-day Saints seminary. Anyway, evangelicals don't have an equivalent to seminary um, or institute. Um, they they don't really have something to compare general conference to in the same way that we do. Certainly they have conferences. They, there's all kinds of conferences and all kinds of um, talks and, and, and subjects within the evangelical world, but it's not, here's the authorities of our church teaching you things for the entire church. It's sort of little niche interest here and there. It's not authoritative in the same way. Um, someone tried to explain that to me when I was investigating the church and I'm like, yeah, evangelicals go to conferences all the time. Like, what are you talking about? So if you're an evangelical listening, you might not quite catch the nuance there. Um, but it's there. It, they also have many, many books. They're, they're, the books published for evangelicals far outnumber the books published for Latter-day Saints. They have the same structure of, of podcasts and external organizations that try to supplement and help people's learning. So we're in we're in pretty similar boats in terms of the, the types of information that we take in. The, the recent Come Follow Me changes, it, they add an interesting little contrast in this that, that is actually quite different than what evangelicals are doing. So I've only been a Latter-day Saint since the invention of Come Follow Me. I'm that much of a baby in our church, right? And my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, is that prior to that, the Sunday school curriculum followed roughly the same pattern. A year for Old Testament, a year for New Testament, a year for Book of Mormon, a year for Pearl the Great Price slash church history. But... Before Come Follow Me, families or individual reading was 
kind of based on their own need or preference of that individual or family who is reading. It wasn't set in some way. It wasn't like, oh, it's New Testament year in Sunday school. We should be reading the New Testament or it's Old Testament. We should be reading the Old Testament. My sense is mostly people just read like what made sense for them and their families. That is roughly equivalent to the world that evangelicals live in. Their churches certainly set the topics and scriptures for their classes and their groups, but they decide for themselves what to engage in in their private reading for the most part. Some churches will sometimes do a, a corporate push toward, we're all going to read the Psalms this summer or something like that. But most of those are considered some kind of special initiative and not the regular pattern. Mostly they just decide what they want to read based on their own need. Interestingly enough, the invention of Come Follow Me actually places Latter-day Saints in alignment with most of the rest of the Christian world outside of the evangelicals. You might not realize you might not realize, come follow me is a lectionary. So what's a lectionary? A lectionary is just a predetermined, a set list of scriptures to be read on various days or weeks. And that's what come follow me is, right? You open it up to April 6th. Here are the readings that we're supposed to be reading this week for April 6th. That's what a lectionary does. Come follow me adds in some commentary and some ideas. Um but in its basic form, it's a lectionary. The most commonly used lectionary around the world is called the Revised Common Lectionary. It's used by millions of Christians around the world. It, having predetermined readings that you're going to read during, during a certain week, we join the vast majority of the Christian world in doing that with Come Follow Me. The Revised Common Lectionary runs in a three-year cycle. Um, Come Follow Me runs in a four-year cycle. So it's a tiny bit different, but it, it, it's a lectionary. It, the, the commentary and the ideas that are in the, the manual, some people follow those and some people don't. Some people read them and love them. And some people are like, oh, I don't have little kids in my house. This doesn't apply to me, right? The, the point of it is, is here's what you should be reading this week. Most evangelicals would turn their noses up at that a bit. Um, they don't like a lectionary because they're pretty fiercely independent. Um, independent as individuals and independent in their churches. If their church is doing something, it is their particular local congregation, and they are willing to join in with that because that still feels independent enough or they're doing it as an individual saying, well, gosh, I really feel like I should be reading the book of Luke right now. And so they do. Um, the, the question is, like, what scripture should I read today? And, and some of them have some Bible reading plans. There are some physical Bibles themselves that are set up in such a way that says, like, you can read the whole Bible in a year. Turn, you're on day 97 of the year. Turn to page 97 and read what it has for you. It's not that that doesn't exist, it does. It's just it's just kind of the odd thing out. It's not what most people in the evangelical world are doing. Um, another way to consider how does gospel learning happen in our two churches is to think about um, what preaching or giving talks looks like. The, the, the bulk of public gospel learning 
happens for both of our groups through public talks or sermons, right? That's sort of the easiest way to access things. It's the way like everybody who is in the room is hearing these things. Not necessarily everyone in the room is going home and reading their scriptures day in and day out. Um, so it's a, it, it's kind of a, an interesting contrast. Evangelicals and Latter-day Saints are roughly in the same category here. The biggest difference is that evangelicals usually have one person or maybe a, a small team of people who have been trained specifically in how to deliver a sermon in um, divinity school, or they call it seminary. There's a class called homiletics, and homiletics teaches you how do you deliver a sermon. It's not even how do you write a sermon necessarily. It's how do you get better at the um, actions required to, to be a good orator? How do you give a good sermon slash speech, right? And and evangelicals absolutely send people to school for this. They're, they're pastors of their larger churches. Their primary duty is public teaching. They don't there's lots of other stuff that they don't do. The pastor of a really large, a 5,000 member evangelical church, he's not out visiting people in the hospital. He's not out um, helping the youth. He's writing and delivering sermons and that's about it. Um, but they're expected to be at a professional kind of level that really does take many hours in, in a week to sculpt those together. Latter-day Saints, as you know, <laughs> we spread this responsibility around to everybody whether they're good at it or not, right? And we don't we don't disclude people by saying, oh gosh, the last talk you gave, like you just, you spoke so fast and nobody can understand you. You're not allowed to give talks anymore. It, like that doesn't happen. It, anyone who is willing and and has has that to offer says yes when they're asked to give a talk. That's just how it works. Um Latter-day Saints, you're familiar already with the kind of content that happens in talks, so I'm not going to address that bit very much, but I do want to talk about what evangelical preaching is like. So 2019 Pew Research Center downloads and analyzes 50,000 online sermons taken from over 6,000 churches. They divide those churches into four categories, evangelical, Catholic, mainline, the mainline churches are like the old established churches. They probably go by names like, um, you know, first such, such and such church. They're probably in older buildings. They don't go by names like Cross Point. Like they're, they're the old mainline churches. That's the third category. And then historically black churches are the fourth category. Those are often, um, they're often evangelically minded churches, but culturally they've just formed a little bit differently. So they compare the data of these 50,000 sermons um, it, it just and look for some trends, right? They're analyzing the word. Average length of an evangelical sermon is 39 minutes. It's actually, it, it's fairly comparable to what is happening in our sacrament meeting talks. It's just that in an evangelical church, those 39 minutes are delivered by one person. I know of one evangelical church where they actually have two people deliver a, a sermon, kind of like we do sacrament talks the same week. 
the vast, vast, vast majority of them is one guy, usually a guy, um, delivering a talk. Whereas we might, we're probably a little bit under 40 minutes in most of our, in most of our wards. I imagine at least in mine, we are not quite getting to that 40 minute mark of listening to talks. It's roughly equivalent delivered by three people instead of one. The researchers also wondered what the distinctive things each group talked about and found those unique phrases used in each of these four groups. This doesn't mean the most common things they talked about. This means what is this group talking about that nobody else is? The, the three things evangelicals were talking about that none of the other churches were, eternal hell, losing your salvation, and trespassing or sin. It's a bleak, it's a bleak list. You might be tempted to look at the bleakness of that and I don't know, judge them a little bit. I think what it shows is they're taking those topics seriously. Um, they, they care a lot about those topics, so they're talking about them. Um, we certainly, Latter-day Saints, would have many disagreements with how those topics are, are framed and talked about. Um, another difference in evangelical sermons, they do much more referencing of other Bible books, trying to show the listener how the current passage being considered relates to or is a reference to or is a growth from some other passage. There's a lot of work being done to try and like weave all of the, the Bible scriptures together. Latter-day Saints don't do that. What we do instead is we try to weave other talks in, other like, quotes from general authorities, conference talks. It, I mean, that's the most common like formula for a sacrament talk in the world, right? You talk a little bit, you give the definition of the thing, you give a conference quote, you talk a little bit more, you give another conference quote, maybe from the same talk, maybe from a different one, and kind of kind of weave it all together. Evangelicals, they're they're doing the same thing, but instead of citing conference talks, they're just citing other um, books of the Bible. Evangelicals are far, 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 far more likely to do this than any of the other three groups. They're also far more likely to mention both the Old and the New Testament in their sermons. Most other groups are not doing that. Um, most Latter-day Saints are not doing that in talks. Um, here's another interesting trend. The bigger the evangelical church, the less likely they are to mention anything about the Old Testament. Interesting, right? We actually kind of we kind of have some feelings about the Old Testament in our church. There's a lot of people who unashamedly will say, I don't really love the Old Testament. I think Come Follow Me is making a dent in that. At least I'm hopeful that it is. Um, but they have some ambivalence about the Old Testament. Sometimes we have some ambivalence about the Old Testament. Um, you know, there are a lot of other practical ways to talk about this question. How do these two groups do gospel learning. Like we, like we could go on and on and on about this. I want to switch over to thinking about how gospel learning happens on a more experiential level. And, and by experiential, I mean two things. One, does the, the service provide an experience beyond just listening for the person they kind of take in the gospel with more of their senses or with a different part of their mind. So that's one way 
And then the other experiential way, it, I think, is, is probably more likely the way that Jesus meant it, which is like, how does this live out in your life? We'll start there. Um, we have a lot of this in common with evangelicals. Um, think of how, like we talk about service, serving, being, being of a service to others. Evangelicals talk a lot about the same thing and learning gospel principles through serving others. They talk about this in the same way that we do. What serving their families and serving God and serving their neighbor teaches them in a general sense. It seems to be a major way for them. It's a major way for, for us as well. Um, it, it's the living out of this quote from Jesus. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Go and try it, right? Jesus teaches you to serve your neighbor. Go and try it. See what you learn, right? And, and both groups are really, really good at this. Um, both groups also have a really good understanding of the fact that the principles of Jesus have to make sense in real life, not just philosophically. Right? Latter-day Saints don't love philosophy. They don't love philosophical types of thinking. Um, it's for different reasons, but evangelicals also do not love that kind of thinking. They want everything to be very, very practical. Um, they are extraordinarily pragmatic people, um, and they are usually not inclined to care about something that works in theory and doesn't make sense in life. Um, and and Latter-day Saints are kind of the same. If you are looking for points of connection and conversation, we are in the same spot here. We get there slightly different ways. I don't have time to talk about all of that, but we end up in the same spot. It gets more interesting, though. To make this next point, I need to compare evangelicals to Catholics for a moment so that you can see something that's going on. If you think about the typical Catholic service, even if you've only seen one on television or in a movie, you probably picture a number of things. Um, priests wearing um, robes, elaborate garments, the congregation is involved a lot. They're standing, they're sitting, they're kneeling, they're responding. They're, there's like scripted um, back and forth responses between them and the, the priest or the leader. Um, there's a lot of ritual. It's a lot of liturgy, meaning sort of what is going to happen is already predetermined. It doesn't happen in just free form. Um, th there's lots of symbolism. Those are the hallmarks of a, of a Catholic service. We also say that those are the hallmarks of what we call high church. Um, high church's main characteristic is that the service is there to teach the people something through ritual and beauty and, and repetition and experience. Right? That's what Catholics are not the only high church. Some Lutherans are, would be considered high church. Anglicans can be considered high church. All, all kinds of other places can be. Evangelicals generally hate that stuff. Some There are some exceptions. Generally, it's not their deal. It's too theoretical. It's not practical enough. It's not down to earth enough. It's not at all what you would expect to find in their services, the symbol and the beauty and the ritual, that is not what they're doing. An evangelical service would be called low church for this reason. Um, low and high church are not an insult or a compliment. High doesn't mean of high value. High just means 
high on the ritual scale, high on the liturgical scale, and low church is, is not. It's just a way of describing how much ritual or symbolism is involved. Here's where it gets interesting, right? In this sense, a Latter-day Saint sacrament meeting is very similar to an evangelical meeting. Things are very plain spoken. There isn't very much mystery. There's very little ritual. The, the sacrament piece proper, the, the taking and administering of the sacrament is ritual. It's, it's, it's like sacramental, right? Um, and evangelicals sometimes practice, they would probably call it communion, not sacrament. But there's ritual to that as well. And, and for both of us, our public services, that's about as much ritual as you're going to get. They are both considered very, very low church. Um, everything is grounded, not a lot of learning through experience going on. Latter-day Saints have one significant difference from evangelicals here. We have access to the beauty, mystery, ritual, symbolism, all of that that is offered in a high church service. We just do it in the temple, not in our public worship. Our temple worship is highly symbolic. If you have been to the temple, you know what I'm talking about. It is full of ritual. It's extremely liturgical. If if you sit down for an endowment session, you could probably tell me this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens. That's the liturgy of it, right? It's full of meaningful words that are repeated and used over and over in meaningful ways, not mindless repetition, but a repetition for reasons. It's it's full of beauty. It's interested in teaching people by experience. Experience. In this sense, Latter-day Saints are also extremely high church. If you haven't been in the temple or if you're an evangelical listening, th that probably sounds weird to you, but it's true. We are both very, very low church and very, very high church at the same time. It's a very compelling combination to be honest. Most other churches do not have access to both worlds, high church and low church. You have to pick. Um, you can't go to the, the evangelical church on the corner that has a praise band and expect them all of a sudden to start caring about ritual. It doesn't happen like that. Um, it, temple worship is nothing if not experiential. You are going there to learn some things through your experience there. The other bit that comes into play here for Latter-day Saints is that the experiential comes out in our theology, especially when we're talking about Adam and Eve um, and why they had to leave the garden. In evangelical theology, Adam and Eve leave the garden as a punishment and not much else. The, God's justice, um, sort of setting the plan of Jesus needing to come in motion. That's really the only reasons that they are ever going to give. And primarily it's a punishment. They messed up, they sinned, they are being punished by being kicked out. In our theology, part of the reason why they have to leave the garden is so that they can learn from their own experience. The Old Testament 
tells us many, many times, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we put emphasis on the fact that Adam and Eve had to learn what it was like to be separated from God. They had to go out into the lone and dreary wilderness. They had to be kicked out of the garden so that they knew what it felt like to be separate from God so that they would know what it feels like to be close to him and what is required to do so, to stay true to the covenants they had made. The fear of the Lord here is not... Um, it, the fear of the Lord here is not liking what it feels like to be out of God's presence, the, the fear of being out of his presence. So the beginning of wisdom is so that we learn to do the things that will keep us in his presence. If that's not experiential learning, also highly, highly echoed in the temple, I don't know what is. Um, it's, to me, it's one of my actual like favorite little things about our church. We get we get both sides. We get the incredible practical down to earth, no ivory towers, no philosophies that don't work, just practical like life of low church service. And we also get this beautiful symbolic high church worship in the temple. It, I'm smitten. Well, this was a lot. Um, I hope you enjoyed seeing some of the similarities here between how evangelicals gather gospel knowledge and how Latter-day Saints do and see some of the differences too. I hope this enhances your conversation with your evangelical loved ones. Join us next time and we'll get another topic going. See you then.